Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, March 8th, day 221. The spring is in the air, finally. I think the snow is going to melt today. Tammy, what do you think? I think all of the snow is going to melt today because it is going to get up to like 10 or 11 degrees. It's Celsius and it's sunshine out. We're doing the book of Isaiah today, Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah meaning the salvation of Jehovah. Prophecy that was written for today, written prophecy that is more relevant to these times right now than ever before. All God's prophecies occur and develop in preliminary and partial happenings, for example, to us before they lead up to and become fulfilled and permanent, which is happening around us right now, here and now today. Isaiah's voice and pen, but God's words. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. This podcast is only possible through your donations. Please give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. You're encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338, side row 28-29, RR5, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, N-O-G-2-G-O. And the number there is 509-706-8876. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. And of course we're here down at Tammy's house in London, Ontario, Canada. And we're down here because me and Lando Ray are enjoying some electricity and running water. And thank you, Tammy, for inviting us in your home. It's very nice here. You're welcome. You keep a nice home, Tammy. Why, thank you, Michael. It's Tammy... Lynn with the hyphen, and we're sitting here with our no, two little, not. with our two little doggies. And Tammy tried to make some coffee this morning. Tammy, you're a hard trier. You're, you're, what? <laughs> that's good coffee. It's good coffee. <laughs> I just said you're a hard trier. That's a compliment. Wait, I can't no. call. It's first thing in the morning, Tammy. I'm not going to start arguing with you about the, the f- niceties and finities of coffee making. That coffee's delicious. It is. It's delish. I make French press coffee. I don't know. And I grind my own beans. Tammy, have you ever had my soon-to-be award-winning coffee? It's delicious. Yours is delish. (laughs) You better start (laughs) chapter 59 right now. Verse 1. Behold, Tammy's coffee. Is, I'm only kidding. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. God is omnipotent, and his arms are always stretched out. Don't try and cover up his word, like it says in Ezekiel chapter 13. He's there. He hears you. But you repent, and you have a change of heart, and he'll be there for you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. Remember, you leave or forsake God all the time. And this is why. Because, verse 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. You've done, you do that. And your sins have hid his face from you, and he will not hear. Exactly. God will never leave you or forsake you, but people walk away from God all the time, and he always has his arms stretched out. They're not short. You walk away. And don't forget, the iniquities of uh, iniquities here means uh, avant, and that means perversity. That's moral, morally evil in, in your thought process. And here we go with verse 3. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath mothered per- as muttered perverseness. And this word iniquity here is different from verse 2. And this word iniquity is avant in the Hebrew, and it means to, to specially 
specifically exert yourself to trouble and vanities. In other words, you do it yourself. That's why it says your hand and your, your hands. That's your actions defiled with blood. Blood is your life force. And false doctrine dilutes your life force and sheds it. Blood on hands is a phrase in the Bible uh, denoting guilt. Okay, And there's somebody that paid the price for us. And there's a natural order of things. God has it set up that you repent and you mean it. And you repent through Jesus Christ and you glory the cross. And you understand what the cross means. Jesus Christ has power over sin. And when you repent, you realize that he did not compromise with sin. He set up a kingdom of heaven that will not accommodate sin. Or are these two different kinds of iniquities here? Your thoughts and your intents. <clears throat> and that's where you want to go. A place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Verse 4. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity and this conceive mischief means this is like evolution theories this is like theories of thinking you know better and that's vanities and and this word vanity is confusion and it means amounts to nothing and that's what we get today in these covid times it's it's so sad to watch people go through all the anxieties and uncertainties and what are, they, what are they coming up with? Where are they getting their news from? Not the Bible. The Bible tells us exactly what is going to happen. But they get their news from the most trusted name of news, the social media. Uh, where else, Tammy? The people get their news. Just just from their computer, well, their I phones. Mean, they just get ambushed by... Twitter. <clears throat> people go to Facebook. And, yeah, these these. It's just vanities. Just are, they're corrupt. There no, there's no certainty at all. It's all speculators, analysis, experts in their field, just out and right blabbermouths, keyboard tough guys. Anybody that thinks they just know better, anyone can just sit behind the keyboard, say anything. People read it and they take it at face value, which is extremely sad, and it just leads to uncertainties. Anything except inner peace, the opposite of inner peace, and conceive mischief. Now, I'm just going to quickly talk about evolution for a second because I've been sitting around with some, you know, atheist people that I really like. I like those people, you know, but I sit around with them and and they talk about no, it can't be. There can't be a creator. It has to be evolution. And I say with evolution, and evolution. If evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils for every species at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to the species we see today. And those fossils don't exist. And don't forget fossils for all the species that have come and gone. They don't exist. And that's all there is to it. And to entertain anything else otherwise is an, is an abomination to God. And it's an embarrassment to mankind. And then we'll just leave that at that for that. Conceive mischiefs, that means you conceive it within your own mind because somehow people think they know better in their little short lifespan. Like at the, when you consider the affairs of time, infinity back, that this planet is billion years old and infinity forward. And then look at our little blip of life here in this flesh age. And it just is mind-boggling that people think they somehow know better than God. They just, my little life experiences have told me that I know better. That's pure egotism. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave spider's webs. That's talking about the, what they think they know. Like the, there's cockatrice eggs, they lay thousand eggs. 
and it's just thousands of theories and thoughts of what's going on, not just with COVID-19, but the road to salvation, what happens when you die, just everything. Mankind just comes up with a theory and instead of trying to learn something, well, they already know better. And as soon as you give them any truth, they just get all puckered up and they burst, just like the wineskin that Christ taught us. And they sh- and they um, pucker up like, uh, you know, putting a new patch on old clothes. And if you've ever done that, like that was more of a 70s thing, right? When you ha- we had our jeans and when they had to sh- we went to Sears and bought jeans and they would shrink in the washing machine, remember? Or in the dryer. You got jeans from Sears? I, yeah, I did. I got my Levi's every September you guys were bef- rich. before I went to school. Because we, <clears throat> we couldn't afford Sears. Well, you know, Tammy, we went and got a pair of Levi's and we always bought them a little bit bigger because they would shrink in the dryer. And within a week, they'd have holes in the knees because we're boys and we were playing hockey and stuff like that. And then mom would have to come in with a patch. And if you put a a new cloth on the uh, old material, material, put it through the dryer, it would pucker up. And that's Christ teaching us when he said, put an old patch, when I put a new patch on old material, you're going to pucker up. And that's what people do. And they explode, like putting new wine in an old wineskin. It still ferments and explodes. When you try and teach the Bible to some people, like especially atheists, and they get just bent out of shape, just like that. Christ is such a genius teacher. He's our Lord God. He's our Savior, our salvation. Hosanna, Jesus Christ, come quickly, because we're sick of hearing these cockatrice eggs and spiders they weave a web of deceit and he eateth of their eggs and he that eateth of the eggs dieth and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper exactly we just you spiritually die it's being biblically illiterate that's the analogy here the webs of deceit verse 6 shall not become garments neither shall they cover themselves with their works their works are works of iniquity and acts of violence is in their hands acts of violence doesn't mean you're gonna doesn't as we translate within the bible and see these trademark threads of validity in god's word we realize the acts of violence here isn't by like hands like going into the ring and getting into a fight or just some thugs acts of violence is spiritually killing yourself and killing others with your webs of deceit and your clothes that's your righteous acts and that's what you get clothed in in heaven is your righteous acts and if you don't have any righteous acts because you're wearing webs of deceit you're going to be standing there naked as a jaybird timmy do you want to read number eight or verse eight do you mean seven no i just oh yeah it's over there okay their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. This is quoted somewhere. I forget. Deuteronomy, I think. And what's being said here is people are fast to go to their thoughts, theories, and whatever they've heard on TV. Like they run to it. Like they're hot on it. And and it's shedding innocent blood again. Blood is on the hands or shedding innocent blood. is a phrase in the Bible denoting guilt. You guys are wrong. It's wrong to just... The, the global media is destitute of truth, and it's one of Satan's great dynasties. It's the education system of the world. It's called the great apostasy throughout the Bible, and you can read about that in uh, for Second uh, Thessalonians. Do you want to read number eight, Tam? The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Exactly. You not no peace. You won't feel peace inside you. You only get anxiety and uncertainties. Like I can barely listen to the radio for 20 minutes a day. 
That's where I get my news up there. I have a radio with a battery in it up there up on the farm and all with no electricity. Did I mention that, Tammy? I have no running water up there. Maybe a couple times. Okay. Yeah, well, I did it through the winter. I did get frostbite on my feet, though, so I'm not really running too much these days. But Tammy's taking care of my frostbite, right, Tam? Yep, and giving him trouble because there's no reason why he should have been walking around without socks on. Wim Hof. I'm part of the Wim Hof movement. You've never (laughs) taken a Wim Hof class in your life. I've watched a video, so I watched a documentary. And that's why you have frostbite. (laughs) Okay, the way of peace, they know not. Yeah, there's no peace. Whoever goes there and shall not know peace. These crooked paths, these crooked ways, these are crooked thought patterns, intense. God knows your thoughts and intents in real time. Hebrews chapter 4.12. And there's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. So... Never think you're getting away with anything. Never think you can tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. And I have people that I love very much tell me this. So, oh, this was written a long time ago. It doesn't apply now. This It applies right here and now more than ever. God's word is certainty. It is the only consistent, unchanging, principled reason resolve that's written in the councils of eternity. It's the only, un, it's the only principled doctrine that we have. Mankind is inconsistent. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be the most, the, the smartest person in the world, which it, it could be me, Tammy. I'm not too sure. My mom says I'm pretty smart, but I still have an inconsistent thought pattern. Tammy, you have an inconsistent thought pattern also. And that means unprincipled beliefs. That's just because we're bound by the perimeters of being human. And that's all there is to it. Right, Tam? I don't like the look I'm getting here. but uh, I'm still amazed. That I think I'm the smartest man on the earth. No, no. I, I take that back. You call me a savant. <laughs> an idiot that savant? That's not what I call you. He called me an idiot savant. I have to look it up. I'm not too sure what that means. But at least at least the way of peace is, is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. He is the Prince of Peace. And there's a fake peace. And that's what mankind thinks they can come up with. Mankind always comes up with, with, with all these rallies and these... What, the parades, what are those things called where they're burning everything down now? Don't Riots? Riots and, yeah, but they're protests. And people think they can come up with a better plan, plot, or purpose. But every single one, the, the government of, of the world, every government is just a failure. We've been watching documentaries lately um, over in the Holy Land, like uh, in, uh, where was that? Africa. Afghanistan and Iraq. And my heart just aches for these people. And the Chinese people, God loves all the people. They're all our brothers and sisters. Racism is disgusting. You, you, watch, you watch it. If you have racist thoughts you, and you meet your maker, what are you going to say? Well, my skin was this color. My skin was that color. You, you're in for a heap of hurt, friend. There is no room for racism. We pray for all these people. I just, I was almost crying yesterday when I was watching those Iraqi people eat. They're just like us. They don't want to get caught up in these political systems, which mankind thinks they know better. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes the army around it, dropping bombs and shooting people up. And these people, everyone is just like all of us. Well, like I said peace. to Michael yesterday, looking for peace. they're better than us. Because when there's people walking through the village and they're cooking food, they offer that food to everybody. Yeah, I ask for some food when I have nothing and they call the cops on me. Remember, that time I was asking for gas at the gas bar one day and the cops came and said, get out of here. I said, I'm out of gas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people came up and gave me money, but I was just like, wow, this is, this is a, a, 
a different kind of culture here, and I just, my heart aches for those Everyone people. Everyone here is out for themselves. A very selfish culture here in Canada, United States. Very Extremely selfish. selfish. And it's, and it, you know, and it's double-blessed, as it's called, Ephraim and Manasseh, double-blessed and forgetful. And it's, it's just the saddest thing. There's a lot of good people, there's no doubt about it. But we're running into more... Like panicky people, people of uncertainty. Now it's now it's turned into a hoarding culture because of this COVID nineteen. Anyways, there's no peace. They shall not know peace. Uh, judgment here in verse eight is righteousness, and same with verse nine. Therefore is righteousness far from us. Neither doth righteousness overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but walk in darkness. We're starting to realize what a lampstand of light is here. Okay, let's just see. Because, okay, cause to make right in a moral or forensic sense is what we're talking about in verse 9. That's what we want. Wait for the light. But um, uh, how can I say this one? Uh, Jesus Christ is the light, and the light is the truth. And the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. There's no purgatory there. There's no lawyers making concessions. They're trying to make deals. It is cut with that sword that comes from his mouth, the sword of truth, okay? And it's about righteousness. It's about it's about what's written in God's word, God's instructions. 10, we grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as a dead man, spiritually blind. It's so sad, helpless, lost. If you stumble at noonday, that's no honor stumbling around and trying to make up your own road. And it, it, as it's written in the book of Revelation, ends in bitter disillusionment, always thinking all these plans, plot, purposes of mankind. Many ways seem right into man, but they always go down this road where it's disappointments, disappointments, more disappointments. And then we, we realize that, we, you know, we're benefiting off other people. We're making gains at other people's expense, like from what we call the third world, which is really sad. Like, we want it, we don't care, and it doesn't matter if there's labor exploitation involved, we don't think about it. Like, just think about even buying a chocolate bar. You know, think about the, the millions of children that are forced into child labor just for that bar, and we'll just sit there and eat it and not think about that. Like, there's a lot of... The, the, the world government is just all about oppression and selfishness and greed and gluttony, at anyone's expense, it doesn't matter because it's all about money. And it's money's the root of all evil, and that's all there is to it. And that's written in the Bible. Let's go on to verse um, 11. We roar like bears and mourn like sore doves. We look for judgment, righteousness, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. Okay, we roar like bears. We're growling and grumbling. And more like sore doves. Now, this word doves here is a different word in the Hebrew language. It's a very long word, and it means to, to it means to be tongue-tied, binded, dumb, unable to hear or speak the truth. It's this, this is a dove of silence, far away, muted of judgment. What a great word in the Hebrew. That just describes what's sitting around in front of your computer, listening to the global media educate you, and that's it. Just roaring like bears, and just like. And you're just binded and dumb. You have those binds on you, like loose the bands, as it was written in, in Isaiah chapter 58. Loose the bands. Get away from these terrible habits that you have. Learn to say no to yourself. Learn to be meek and turn to God. Or you can turn to mankind, and it's the same thing over and over. Historically, mankind has never been able to govern themselves. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. 
and our sins testify against us, and our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. Yeah, we, we know it's wrong. We know it's fundamentally wrong to think like that, to act like that, and to not care about others and think there's no consequences when we just go buy crap from <clears throat> all these big box stores and Walmarts and, and Michaels and Arts and Crafts and just stuff. We don't care. We, I just have to have it. I don't care that some child made it in the third world. I don't care that it was made by labor exploit. Like, did, did Jesus Christ have a, have a house just full of stuff? He's teaching us, teaching us less is better. We have to learn meek. Our treasures are in heaven. Your treasures are where your heart is. Is your, is your treasure like your front lawn, your big house, your cars? Is that what you have anxiety about? Your bank account? Is that where your treasure is? Because it'll fail you. But Jesus Christ will never fail you. That's where your treasure should be. Your treasure is where your heart is. Your heart is where your treasure is. In transgressing, transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart, from the mind, words of falsehood, revolt, oppression, that's what's going on. Look what's doing to the great country of the United States now. It's just divided in conflict and trouble, and it just comes from people's lying words. And people just think they have entitlement. People think they're judging others. You can't say anything now without somebody jumping all over you. And what's the point as soon as you get into the touchy subject of racism? Which racism is disgusting in any guise from any color of skin. So... Yeah, this is people making up their own road to salvation it, uh, because in their short little life, they think they know better. They think they can somehow bring peace to the earth. And really the only way of peace is through a standard doctrine, a principle, set of beliefs, God's instructions. And that is that, period. And if you don't like that, then you can just keep beating yourself up with revolt, oppressions, and falsehoods that will never feel fulfilling. It'll just make you feel angry inside. And I've never seen more angry people in my life than in the world today. Never. I've never seen so much trouble. There's never been so much trouble, wars, conflicts, and strife and conflict than right now today. And that's why, that's because the global media fans it and people turn to that. They just That's where they turn to. They don't turn to God's word, which is peace uh, with a promise well, of a place of peace. I was just going to say that you know, people are getting farther and farther away from God. God is forgiveness. And it's almost as if no one has any forgiveness left. Well, they'll go back. The, the only way to get along is, is to be a forgiver. Jesus Christ taught forgiveness right up on the cross. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. But they still have to, the, the, there's still consequences unless they repent. And God puts the sin behind and never rubs your face in it again ever but he always considers human frailty but now people like they're going back they're just looking for stuff 10 20 hundreds of years ago you this you that because the color of your skin hundreds of years ago so i wasn't even born man you know what i mean like you're not gonna make me feel guilty and you're not gonna impose this thing on me that my uh my my posterity going back were barbarians like, you weren't there, and I wasn't there either. And one of the biggest things is they're saying, oh, the, the slavery, slavery, you know, was a terrible thing. It was a horrible thing. But there was never slavery in Canada, because Canada wasn't uh, a country till 1867. And slavery was abolished in Scotland and, and in that area in coming to Canada in the 1830s. And number two, my grandfather was a slave. 
and he got picked up in the slave trains in the United States back in the 30s, back in the 1930s, and he was a slave farm laborer, and he, he didn't even get his polio shot. My, my grandfather I love so much, his whole face was messed up my whole life, but as a little kid, we look up at him like, hey, that's Grandpa, right? Sitting there reading his Bible. He was full of love. He wasn't sitting there going on protests about him being caught up in the slave trains, just ripped right off the streets of New York City down to whoever, wherever he went, and then he was on the run because he was... F- slave trains you never hear about that but uh, there's no point going back on it we should learn from our mistakes learn from history but don't go rubbing people's face in it with well, anger it's forgiveness okay that's the way it went down one, let's one move forward the, the big things too is well we're just going to try and stick to god's word and you were right when you started this conversation about uh, it's about forgiveness and moving forward and and um and that's what God's all about. Like we have things to do. We have an eternity to live in. And we all have to live together. And never forget, we are all brothers and sisters in God's eyes. And you have to look at each other through God's eyes. And there's no room for racism in the Bible. And God won't stand for it. And I won't stand for it either. I love everybody. I pray for everybody equally. Let's go to 16. And um, the truth faileth, and Lord, it, it pleased him, and there was no righteousness. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. We're talking about none other than looking forward to Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, which this Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus Christ. And when it says here, no man, that's what's written in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 5. Nobody was righteous. No man but the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ is never referred to as man here, uh, ish, in the Hebrew language. Lord Jesus Christ is always et ha-adam, the man, Jesus Christ. And that he is our intercessor. He is the righteous right arm of Yahweh. He is the mediator to Father. He's our salvation, our Savior. He is our Sabbath. We rest in him daily, all of us, every race, whomsoever will. He is our comforter. He is our Passover, to pass over the ways and things of the world, as it's written. We don't have to get involved with these things, with the haters. And, and he is also our rock. And it's unmovable rock. And his arm brought salvation unto him, his righteousness. It will sustain you. 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. This is the gospel armor. His for vengeance, that's because he would not compromise with evil. He would not negotiate with evil. He will not make concessions with evil. And when he he was tortured to to the limit, where the crowning point of Christianity was the cross at Calvary, where prophecy was fulfilled, and the kingdom of heaven became in accordance with this divine written word, in accordance with reality. That is when Jesus Christ set up that kingdom for us. That is legitimate. It won't accommodate evil. Uh, 18. According to their deeds, according he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands, he will repay recompense. You set your own judgment. Islands means the farthest regions of the earth. We're covering everything here. 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy shall come like a flood, it's happening right now. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. This is us. This is our job. God's elect. Remember in the last? God's elect just means you set yourself aside. You signify to everybody. You're, you're meek. You're 
but meek means self-disciplined in the Hebrew language, not a pushover. We're not second-class citizens. We are the bearers, we are the breach bearers, repairers of the breach, as it's written in the last chapter, restorers of the path to dwell in. That's that's who we are. The enemy shall come as a flood. Let's read about this in Revelation chapter uh I think it's 15 or something. Revelation 15. We're talking about the flood. In Isaiah 59, 19 here, the enemy shall come like a flood. It's surrounded by the flowing. It's it it, it it encapsulates you. The verb form means a conflux, like flowing together. And these people are glad with joy. It's a fake gladness. So it's such a superficial, sugar-coated gladness. Rejoicing from the brightness, even having a happy face with the Antichrist himself. They celebrate uh, world peace. Satan's flood of people with the flood of deception. At Jeremiah chapter 6, 46 might clear this up a little bit. Who is this that comes as a flood, Jeremiah asks. Uh, at Jeremiah 46, 8, he says, Egypt shall rise as a flood and his waters move like rivers. Egypt in the Bible always refers to spiritually corrupt. And it will always be a base nation because of the way they carry on. And we love the Egyptian people. It's a governmental system. In Psalms 90, carried them away as a flood, like they are asleep. We're talking about flood of people, flood of lies, flood of deception. That's the great apostasy that we're living through right now. In the morning, they are like grass. It just gets flooded over. In Daniel chapter 11, and with the arms of a flood shall they be overflowing. In in Inuit, in, in Inuit. How do you say that? Inundated. 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 Overwhelmed with the flood. That's when you see the word flood, just the enemy shall come like a flood. And the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. What's the standard? It's God's principled reason resolve. This word, it's unchanging. It's consistent. And I just lost my page. Can you read the last chapter verse? My Bible closed on it. Okay, I got it. Go ahead, Tammy. 21. Oh, there's... Okay, then read 20. 20? Yeah. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. Okay, so just remember, when the enemy shall come like a flood, it's not if, but when. And the Redeemer is our Lord Jesus Christ, the kinsman Redeemer, whomsoever will. It doesn't matter who you are. You, You... you submit with unquestioned obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ, and you mean it when you repent. And he shall come to Zion. That's where he's going to set up his kingdom, and the trans and turn from transgression in Jacob. Well, Jacob just seems a natural seed line of the people that are supposed to be carrying this Bible and perpetuating it and planting seeds all over the earth. Okay, and whomsoever will your kinsman redeemer, and that means anybody. And twenty one. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. This word, this Bible, this set of instructions, you can't change the words to suit your lifestyle. Just think, I had somebody, listen, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. When I was sitting with those people the other day, my heart just ached for them because they were sitting there, I go to church, I believe in God. I said, okay, where are you guys reading in the Bible right now? Place goes silent, okay? And then then this lady said to me, oh, do you believe in the devil? Because I don't. I said, well, you just said you're a Christian. You're going to have to start just ripping pages out of your Bible then because you just don't believe them because somehow you think you know better, okay? Somehow you've come up with, oh, there is no devil because you don't think so, Mrs. I know everything. And I just prayed for her and I said, okay, it's very easy to make people believe because it's a standard set of principles and there's always a linear progression towards the truth when you have God's working knowledge, God's word in you. 
because it's the truth. Everybody else that talks against it can never have a linear progression towards the truth in any conversation because they always have to come back to theory, thoughts, their own thoughts, hypothesis, or something other, just something other ridiculous that falls apart like a cheap lawn chair. 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My spirit is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of my mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth forevermore. God's word will be with you through eternity, and it is your job, your duty, to teach your children and your children's children, and whomsoever will. Wasn't that just the greatest thing? Isaiah chapter 59. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. Please support this podcast by at least promoting it, uh, sharing it, or what, Tammy? Helping us with the website. Tammy's trying to, we're not very good at uh, the technical stuff, but trying to set up the website at companionchapel.com. And it's it's too hard for us. So if you have those skills and that social media skills or anything that you can help with them, any member body, we can do a podcast a day for you. We teach the whole Bible cover to cover, open it to any page, and you can have a working knowledge of the Bible. That's what we can give you if you can help with the many member body of Christ. Help broadcast and magnify God's saving word. Well, you got anything to say, Tammy? About uh, your coffee? Just <laughs> <laughs> no, not about my coffee. Just about the website. The very first page does say the site's under construction, but you can go into the website. You can check it out. You can check out Michael. You can check out me. Um, you can look on the um, store page, and you can see the picture. Um, that's a the picture where it says uh, for a camp donation. Uh, because we're trying to make a Christian camp, we are trying to build a church. So if you want to donate building materials, uh, you know what? We have a suggested donation amount of $5. If you can give $2, $1, $5, $10, well, we, need, we will take anything. We need Permacon stone for that house up there. I, I lived there through the winter, and it was no electricity. If you can help with that, if you're an electrician or if you have some labor or some... If you want to donate some stone for the house, I, that's one thing I can do. I am a bricklayer. I can put the stone. But uh, what I am now is I serve the Lord and I serve you. And and uh, we well, really we will, need a place. We will take any it was too, it was, yeah, It was too hard to live up there through the winter. It was freezing cold. I did get frostbite on my feet. But uh, I thank God it was very humbling. And uh, it's just the greatest thing. And we're here for you. Please be Please, let's get together and have a many member body together. And if I can help you somewhere at your church or anything, just give us a call. Get in touch with us, companionchapel at gmail.com. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye for now.